Hey, it's Josh here. Before we jump in, I want to let you know that this episode contains general discussions on topics that may be alarming to some listeners. Please note that our conversation this week features possibly traumatic themes including assault, abduction, death, homicide, suicide, and violence against children and minorities. There are also a few brief yet graphic descriptions of severe injuries. Sydney and I both encourage listener discretion this week. Please be safe and be sure to take care of yourself. I bought a mic stand for this. I hope you're happy. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome back to your favorite podcast. Thanks for participating. My name is Sydney. And my name is Josh. And we're back with your favorite podcast, as well as some very special guests. I'm just going to point out that you said your favorite podcast two times. I don't know if if our podcast is favored enough to be favorited twice by the listeners. I mean, I'm biased. I think this is a great show, but I don't think it's that great. <laughs> but anyway, sorry to interrupt you. Continue. Okay. You're just going to make fun of what I say? Well, I just, I, it's only fitting because you make fun of me on this podcast constantly and I just got to do my fair share. <laughs> All right. Well, our special guests today are CJ and Laurel. We are so excited to have them. Hello. Sorry. I am. You're going to pick up so much extra noise while I try to plug in my phone as it dies. (laughs) No Um, problem. (laughs) Hi there. Hello. How's Uh, it going? (laughs) Good, good. We're so lucky to have you guys on our show. We I'm actually really excited about this episode. I think it's going to be different than anything that we've done before, mainly because most of the topics that we talk about for the podcast are things that Sydney and I have done while in the same place. Like we've done them together. We've experienced them. We watch the movies sitting next to each other. But this is something that's really hard to just do like side by side. Yeah, this was probably the first thing that we did individually and then talked about it together. And I feel like this is going to be the first podcast episode that makes me sad. Did the Sharknado not make you sad? Um, I was expecting you to full on roast it. I enjoy roasting Sharknado. That's one of the reasons why I love that movie so much. Okay, well, before we get into it, let's let the listeners get to know our guests just a little bit. So CJ and Laurel, can you tell us just a little bit about yourselves? I know that like the introduce yourselves is the worst kind of question. Uh, <laughs> the actual worst question ever. <laughs> yeah. So just in in one or two sentences, just tell us what kind of people we're dealing with here really really exciting people (laughs) that's that's it um no so uh josh and i got to know each other while we lived in new york together uh several times might i add and we wow drawing a complete blank when you ask such a broad (laughs) question as who are you? Tell me about you. No, so my uh, wife and I met while we were both uh, up in Utah for school and got to know each other over a fairly short period of time, but have since been married for over a year, year and a half as of the beginning of this month, actually. Um, no, I'm an Arizona native myself. I love the heat. I, uh, I'm like a lizard. I very much enjoy sunbathing and uh, living in Utah was was great, but way too cold for me because I never grew up with winter. It was just <laughs> not an experience that I ever had. New York definitely changed that a little bit. But uh, yeah, we... Uh, oh, New York winters are worse than Utah winters, I'd say. Because they're absolutely brisk with the 
like the you're at sea level, so you're getting the ocean mm-hmm. wind just carrying all of the moisture. And so when it hits oh, the yeah. humidity, yeah, when just the, like soaks into yeah, your bones. Yeah, the moist wind hits your face, and just instantly you feel like the the freezing. Plus, you're walking it's in horrible. it. <laughs> Although driving a car sucks just as much because you have to clear it <laughs> off. Mm-hmm. That was not an experience I had until I lived in a place with winter, like scraping ice off of a frozen windshield is something i would not wish on my worst enemy it's just horrible especially if you've just moved there and don't have a windshield and you're just like trying to make buy with your credit cards or or just turning on the heat and just driving with like that little circle i do that all the time when i'm running late i probably shouldn't say that the windshield like defroster but you don't have time to sit there and wait for the entire windshield. So there's just like the little tiny like visor of like transparent glass like above the windshield. That was me. That, that is me all the time. You know, I always used I'm to complain. i that too. I always used to complain about having to scrape my windshield until my friend in high school with an Astro van was like, you don't even know. <laughs> what about you? I am from Louisiana where the humidity is... The worst in the entire world. Consistently, like, above <laughs> above 90 90%. 90%. <laughs> when, I, when I picture Louisiana, I just picture, like, a mosquito's, like, nest. Like, it just seems like you're living <laughs> oh, yeah. inside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just like the bayou. Louisiana <laughs> is just a massive mosquito's just nest. One big swamp. It's just a big bayou. It's a big swamp. Yeah. A big swamp. We went there for a wedding last June, and I swore to her we would never visit her parents uh, <laughs> in the summer or early summer, late summer, ever that again. Was it's not your hometown is nice, ever. but we are never going back again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Only in, we like your parents, but not that much. <laughs> only in winter. Mm. But yeah, no, we are simple people. We love watching movies together, getting oh, yeah. ice cream, listening to podcasts, listening to podcasts, <laughs> which is a perfect segue into our sponsor. <laughs> You guys didn't tell us that you were sponsored by Stitcher Podcasts. No, we're sponsored by Clash of <laughs> Clash of Clans <laughs> and Diet Dr Pepper. No, uh, yeah, actually, our entire uh, our entire wedding reception was sp- uh, sponsored by Diet Dr Pepper. Dr Pepper Zero. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Caffeine. Nice. Okay. Next question. What is your favorite funny story to tell people? Oh, geez. About what? About what? Just yeah. anything like an embarrassing that you story? can say to make people laugh. Oh, man. And if you've never made anybody laugh, we can't continue. I'm sorry. This podcast <laughs> is over before that. This fair. is only for experienced comedians. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. There's the, uh, oh, man, I've told you the ice cube story, right? I don't know. When I was an infant? No. Okay. Oh, wait, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So when my parents were newly married and had just had me wow no that's not the same thing when my parents (laughs) not a shotgun wedding i promise mom and dad i I don't think anyone believes that um no but when my parents had just had me i was like maybe six or seven months old credit where credit is due to my mom she's super experienced now and is is like a great mother but when we were when it was just the three of us you know my dad my mom and i living in some tiny apartment i was in a high chair and my I, i was apparently making a ton of noise and my mom wanted to shut me up 
So she uh, she gave me a little ice cube to suck on, like one out of the freezer. Okay. Um, and and I guess it worked. Like I was just like, oh, this is nice. It's You're probably cold. teething. Yeah, I think I was and teething, that's and that's why. So she gave me an ice cube, and she turns her back for like a minute and looks back at me in my high chair, and I'm like blue in the face because oh my I had I had choked on the ice cube. That's so terrifying. Um, <laughs> and especially for like a a mom of six months, like she had no idea what to do. She was like freaking out. She's like, like, what do I do to him? And so she calls my dad. That's her first thought <laughs> is to call my dad. Like, maybe um, not nine one one or <laughs> maybe not nine one one. Like I don't even know if he would have picked up, but he just so happened to have gotten home from work like the second she picked up uh, the second he picked up the phone and so he hears on the other end she's just hysterical and sobbing and he's like he's choking he's choking and he's like okay i guess i'm like running up to the apartment now so he runs up and like the way he tells it he slams the door open and he sees me like blue in the face this little infant choking in his high chair my mom's just hysterical he walks up to me like throws me over his shoulder and like gives me one solid pat on the butt and the ice cube comes like flying out of my <laughs> I keep hitting the microphone. <laughs> That's probably not a good thing. I I gesture too much. Uh, but the ice cube just like flies out of my mouth and hits my mom square in the forehead. It hits her in the forehead. Oh my gosh. Hey, you got to give credit where credit is due just as you said. But a six-year-old with that exactly. kind of aim, he's going places. <laughs> six-month-old. Did yeah. I say six-year-old? I meant six-month-old. <gasps> yeah. <sighs> You're going places, kid. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> the morgue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, we're, oh my gosh. <laughs> we're only like mm. 20 minutes in. We're already making dead baby jokes. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me, um, have you ever listened to any of like the songs that Rhett and Link make? Do you know yes. Rhett and Link from Good Mythical Morning? Yes. Did you oh, ever yeah. hear the I Am a Thoughtful Guy song that they made like no. forever ago? I think a lot of thoughts about a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. There's like the one line where he's like, I think if you were choking on ice, just be patient would be the best advice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not sure if that applies to a six month old with a really tiny undeveloped like air tract, but. Yeah, it depends on how fast it melts too. And how big the ice cube was, but like. There will get a point where that will just like be water. So, yeah. like, I mean, like you True. can still choke in water. That's that called point drowning. That may be several minutes from from then. Yeah, but some point might be too funny. late. But honestly, the fact that I almost went unconscious as an infant might explain a lot. <laughs> oh, you're funny. Okay, this next question is a deep one. What is your best tip for making the world a better place? I'll let you answer that one. Oh, okay. Give me the hard questions. Of course. <laughs> Don't worry. The next question's even harder. So. Oh my gosh. I mean, I just watched Miss Congeniality, so I know all about world peace. <laughs> <laughs> Have I showed you that movie, Josh? No, but you've told me about it. Oh I think my you've gosh. told me all the jokes it's from so that movie. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, I need to get him to watch that. About like, they said, what's your idea of a perfect date? And she says like, April 20th. April. May 23rd. <laughs> it's not too hot. It's not too cold. All you I need also is think... a light jacket. <laughs> I also think Nick has told us about that movie. I think he like talks about it a lot too. I have a vague recollection of him talking about Miss Congeniality, but it it is like... <laughs> 
for all I know about Nick and him being like a man's man, he has definitely watched Miss Congeniality more than once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, what was the question? <laughs> what is your uh, advice for making the world a better place? Um, I would probably say there's there's two things. Number one, just smile more like don't be creepy about it obviously like making eye contact with a random person across the grocery store but just smile and look happy like if you smile you're gonna be happy i guess and the second thing don't tell women to smile more (laughs) yeah don't tell women to smile more that's an advice for not dying (laughs) but yeah i think that everyone needs to take driver's ed again Again. yeah that's fair (laughs) driver's ed should be a you should have to get more than a 70 to pass. Yeah. And you should have to take it multiple times throughout your life. Like to renew your driver's license, you should at least take like another screening evaluation or examination. Yeah. Probably. I feel like if people passed driver's ed, that would make the world a better place. <laughs> yeah. Like we should be doing those uh, like driver's exams, like driver's tests every time we renew our license. <laughs> Fun fact. In Arizona, your driver's license does not expire until you turn 65. That's really weird. I don't know why. So you just never have to renew is, it. Nope. Wow. You do have to get your photo updated every once in a while. Oh, okay. But you do not technically renew your driver's license until the, the until the day after you turn 65. Well, isn't that like technically what renewing your driver's license is is just like going in and taking another picture, really? <laughs> Yeah, but like if you don't do so, that, yeah. then it, for us it expires and you can't drive. Yeah, that's true. Like here in Utah, it's every five years, right? Yeah, or something like that. And then I think once you hit like you're 65 or something, then you have to go in and take the eye exam too. Mm. In Louisiana, you have to take the eye exam every time. I thought, like I did whenever I was oh. 16. Yeah, when I renewed it um, last time, I'm pretty sure I took an eye exam. Oh, yeah, maybe I did too. I can't remember, honestly. <laughs> genius okay here's the hardest question what should we ask you that we didn't know enough about you to ask basically what do you want to show off to us <laughs> Whoa. um i don't know <laughs> i'm not that impressive that's not true <laughs> it says here you can hold your breath for 30, 30 seconds, seconds. <laughs> despicable me Great movie. Yeah. Um, I feel like I have watched a lot of movies. My first year of college, I lived in New Orleans, and I had three roommates, one of which was my older sister. Shout out to you, Jordan. Love you. (laughs) But all three of my roommates were film majors. So while I was doing like science homework and math class and stuff, my three roommates' homework was to watch movies And so we had a projector screen instead of a TV, and we watched a new movie every single night. And they were actually the ones that showed me BuzzFeed Unsolved True Crime, which led (laughs) me to true crime podcasts to show CJ. (laughs) So your question was phrased in such a way that I need to tell you a question that you should have asked me, which is incredibly difficult. So instead, I'm going to say something that's super cool. Okay. I I bought this microphone strictly for this podcast. No. Um, (laughs) I've always been 
told that I should do something with my voice. Like I sang as a kid and went to choir in high school, but I've always really loved reading aloud. And so I'm kind of trying to break out into the uh, voiceover space. It's an incredibly saturated and competitive field, but part of my practice has just been like recording books like and articles that I enjoy and uh, just reading them aloud. And that's that's why I own this microphone. But it's also very serendipitous that you guys have a podcast and wanted us to be guests. So all of this was already here, ready for that. And now I get to use it more, <laughs> which I like. Do you know what I just remembered? Um, I think my first ever idea for a podcast was while you and I were living together, CJ, in it was either Queens or Brooklyn. Do you remember this? And we thought, wouldn't it be funny if we just, as we were going about our day, we recorded just random sounds on the subway, uh, walking on the street, like the wait, 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 when you're like across. <laughs> yes. And we, we even recorded like the intro where we're like, this is a modern art podcast. <laughs> six months in the making, because we were going to do it like over a period of six months uh, until we left New York. And it's going to be like the yes. sounds of New York City or whatever. I actually recently rediscovered all of those recordings. I thought I'd lost them because I bought that Samsung phone specifically for New York City oh, right. to take pictures. And I had a little micro SD card in it, but um, I was like rummaging through some of my like gadget stuff and all my cables. And I found that micro SD card stuck into the uh, larger SD card adapter and I plugged it into my laptop and just started like browsing through all the files. And I totally found all of those like recordings of buskers on the subway <laughs> and in the stations and like crosswalk noises. And my favorite one that like kind of weirds her out sometimes is I'll just do like the, uh, the, this is a Manhattan bound seven local train. The next stop is Metz Willits Point. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. <laughs> <laughs> I know that it's like, oh. we would always make fun of the subway announcer specifically for the Atlantic Avenue's Barclays station because she's like, this is a Manhattan bound yeah. N train. Next stop is Atlantic Avenue's Barclays station. <laughs> like it was like a yes, totally different yeah, timbre of like her voice. Oh, please tell me you got the, uh, recording. please tell me you got the fish guy from Brooklyn. Lie, 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 lie. Da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> Remember Absolutely. when we were going to turn the uh, fish guy into a dubstep? That's go that goes over my head. Oh, I think it was with Nick. He was like, I have a friend that does EDM and I'm going to like record some samples and send it to him and have him turn it into an EDM song. <laughs> so for our listeners, that would be hilarious. there was, so Sydney, CJ and I all at the same time were living in Brooklyn and we knew each other. That's how Josh and I met actually. But I met CJ about a year before I met Sydney, I think. Yeah. Um, so in Brooklyn, there's um, on 8th Avenue uh, in Diker Heights and Sunset Park area is all like fish markets pretty much up and down 8th Avenue. And there was this one fish salesman, fish, I don't know what you call it, works at the fish market. And he his job was basically the equivalent to like spinning a sign for progressive uh, insurance, like on the, <laughs> on the corner of the intersection. But he would just shout in Fujinese, trying to get people to come buy his fish. And he would always say the same three things, but just no matter what time of day, early in the morning, late at night, you could hear him from anywhere on 
8th Avenue. And we all lived very close to him, and we'd have to walk past him, like, every day. I'm pretty sure he's still there, like, right now, like, saying those same things. <laughs> yeah, Like, probably. all these years later. Probably. No, that was a fun time, and man, we could talk for hours about just how cool living in New York City was, especially sure. Brooklyn. Like, I don't know what it is about Brooklyn, because Manhattan is, you know, business and tourist central, but Brooklyn is just so alive. It's so artsy and so culturally diverse. Like, the most fun part about living there was the fact that we lived, uh, Josh and I, we lived in a very, like, southern, uh, South American part of town. So there were, uh, there were Colombians, Chileans, uh, uh, a lot of Dominicans, I feel Hondurans, like. Hondurans, Guatemalans. But then you go like three avenues up and it's all Chinese. And then you go three avenues over and it's all like Hasidic Jews. And then you go three more avenues and it's all like people from Hong Kong. And it, it just blew my mind that you could like travel through multiple different countries and cultures just by like walking along a single avenue through Brooklyn. And I I miss it so much. Me too. Yeah, I cry sometimes for the subway. We moved back about three years ago. Four, wait, three. You moved back? We moved back to like- Oh, we came, not we moved back to New York, but we came right, back from New York. Right, we came back about three years ago and like there are some times where I will still cry about not living there anymore. And I definitely want to move back. I cry for the lack of public transit on the West Coast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> because I miss being able to just like go downstairs and- be like on the street and walk maybe a block over and that's where the laundromat and the grocery store were like here on the west coast it's very car dependent and everything is very spread out like the nearest the nearest freaking target from us is still like eight minutes north of where we live and we have to get in a car and drive to go there. But I just miss being able to like hop on the subway at the same time every day, knowing that it's going to be there and just like go over two blocks and be where I need to be. Laurel's shaking her head. <laughs> not a fan of public transit. Well, that's not. I am a fan of public transit. I never really got to use it ever because being from Louisiana, I wasn't part of like the Bayou Swamp area. I'm from the more fields and farming community. And so where I lived, like and where my parents still live, the closest gas station is seven or eight miles away. The closest grocery store is 25 minutes down the interstate. Like, and I love it. I would much rather live there than in a city where... You look up and see buildings swaying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's she's very much a, a country gal while I am a city boy. Yeah, you can see my cowboy hat back there. Okay, so I just was noticing we're almost at like 40 minutes. I guess like the first 10 minutes was a <laughs> sound check and everything. But like, yeah, this next question is, is what leads us into it. It's what is your background with true crime podcasts? You already kind of gave us a little bit, but uh, I guess just elaborate more on that. Well, I have three siblings. I'm number three of four. And I am really, really close in age with the sibling right above me. We are less than a year and a half apart. And so in school, we were only one grade apart. And so everybody thought that we were twins until they got to know us. That being said, we hated each other. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> as siblings do, we really knew how to get on each other's nerves 
But then she graduated high school and she moved to New Orleans, Louisiana for college. And that was my senior year. So I was just one grade beneath her. But she moved out and I thought it was going to be awesome to only share a room with one other person instead of two people. But it was actually the worst and I missed her a lot. And so I graduated from high school and decided it would be a great idea to move in with her again. (laughs) It had bumps, let me tell (laughs) you. And that was the first time either of us ever got our own rooms. Like that we didn't have to share with anybody else. And it was awesome for like studying or taking a nap. But every single day, one of us would go into the other one's room to hang out with them. (laughs) And we usually, I know, I miss her so much. We would usually watch BuzzFeed Unsolved on YouTube. You guys should check them out. Shane and Ryan, it's good. So basically that is, it's kind of like a video podcast where they are having a conversation, but you can also see them and then they take you different places. And it started out as ghost stories. One of them believes in ghosts and the other one does not believe in ghosts. Like vehemently does not? Yes. They don't. They think it's a scam and they usually talk about it to mess with the other one. Gotcha. (laughs) Yeah. And so they would go to like haunted places One of them's freaking out like, oh my gosh, did you hear that? There's creaking and blah, blah, blah. And the other one's like, hey, ghost, it's your boy. (laughs) (laughs) But they, after that, you know, sometimes it's too dark at night and you hear gunshots living in the city of New Orleans. And so you don't want to watch anything scary. So they have a different like season, I guess, of true crime where... It pretty much is just a podcast, but they have like little animations to like bring the storytelling to life. And so they would pick different unsolved like police cases and they'd just read through everything, like the backstory, here's the crime that happened, and here are the three different suspects or the three different outcomes we think happened. And so we would watch that all the time. And I guess that's what really got me into true crime podcasts was because I would usually be driving. I feel like that's what everyone does is they're driving and you don't want to look at your phone, but you still want to hear the story. And so switching from YouTube to podcasts is a good way to go. So fast forward a couple (laughs) years, I guess, and we had started dating and... um. Laurel had this super cute sweatshirt. It was merch from the BuzzFeed Unsolved podcast. And it's a super cute, like, kind of uh, Fallout style cartoon, like the Pip-Boy cartoon, the little, like, blonde kid doing the thumbs up. Um, And I asked her about it. I was like, what's that about? And so she told me about BuzzFeed Unsolved. um, And we watched an episode on the, uh, what was it called? The The Axeman of New Orleans. Yeah, the New Orleans Axeman. And I notably do not like anything scary. I have a very (laughs) low fear tolerance. Like, (laughs) I don't enjoy haunted houses. I do not enjoy scary movies. Thrillers are like where I cap it. And I feel like my my fear and horror threshold is like the second season of Stranger Things. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm right there with you, exact same yeah. way, which sucked <laughs> when me and you lived in an actual haunted apartment. Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> two scared we white boys, just like, like 
Oh, no. Oh. Oh, sad. All right. Well, we're still recording, but we accidentally got kicked off of the Skype call. Technical difficulties. Well, that's so sad. Oh, I wonder if her phone died or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Did we reach our limit? I'll see if they... Oh, maybe. He's probably messaging me. Do, 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 do. Wait. Okay. Yeah. Two plastic Easter eggs filled with mung beans. Is your Wi-Fi freaking out? Guest user has left the conversation. What in the world? Two Christmas tree ornaments filled with jingle bells. Two wads of masking tape tied together with a pink ribbon. <gasps> okay, we're back. Okay, good. It did Yay. let us rejoin. Can you still hear us and everything Whew. fine? Yes. yes. Okay, did you hit stop on your Logic Pro or anything? No, no we're still I've going. Still okay, going. sweet. I added some nice sound effects. Me too. <laughs> so did Josh. I, was, I was like singing. <laughs> I sing the, what is it, Jeopardy? The Jeopardy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Jeopardy song. Uh, yeah, season two of Stranger Things is like my fear threshold. <laughs> that is the yeah. scariest thing I will watch. Um, very, very low fear tolerance. Like, I don't enjoy scary things. But for some reason, we were listening to this episode on the New Orleans Axeman, and like, it was freaky. And I think she saw that. I was very scared, but I was so engrossed in the story. I was just like, completely enraptured by the like style of reporting on something so scary being so fun um and it just got us fascinated and so fast forward another like few months or so after we had uh well not few months i think it was more like a year before we went on a crazy road trip or no it was a few months because we went to my family's for thanksgiving yeah Mm -hmm. okay so a few months later um we we go down to my parents uh, for Thanksgiving, and it's a it's a solid like ten hour drive. So it's on a, the way down to Arizona, we had your sister with us. Oh, was that Thanksgiving? So we didn't listen to. It the was trip. on the way back up to Utah. Oh, okay. So on the way back up from Thanksgiving, we were like, "How are we going to fill multiple hours of both of us <laughs> in the car, just like driving?" And doing nothing. So I was so like... So to preface this, we do not have the same taste in music. Oh. <laughs> so there's no way that we could spend nine and a half hours listening to music that we would both enjoy. Yeah, there, there's, no, there's no real overlap, uh, which is something... There's a couple of songs. Yeah, there's a couple <laughs> songs, a couple artists, maybe, where there's like an overlap of interest... Um, but everything else, we, we have very different musical tastes. And so, like, in recent years, we have been better at, like, mm-hmm. switching off while we're driving. You know, like, oh, I'll listen to my music for a bit and you listen to yours for a bit. And we make it work. But um, now that we have true crime podcasts, we don't even need to worry about that. But, yeah, on the way back up, we had probably nine and a half, ten hours of driving ahead of us. And so... Before we left, I just downloaded Mommy Doomsday. Yes. Mommy Doomsday. All right. Ooh. So NBC. Do you guys know that one? I don't know That's that a good one. one. 
It's actually about something that happened in Utah. So the reason we found... Utah slash Idaho. Yeah, Utah slash Idaho slash Arizona. The reason that I found this podcast, having never really listened to podcasts before, I was working at this one place and while everyone was awaiting trial, they decided to show me this podcast instead of trying to tell me the story. Oh, yeah. It's a lot easier. Well, there's <laughs> especially just so much and so many twists and turns in that case. Like, you can't just summarize oh it in gosh. a couple sentences. Nope. And especially when you have the uh, the dulcet tones of Keith Morrison to tell <laughs> oh, you this yes. story. Um, so, Keith Morrison, uh, shout out to him. Badass. I'm sure he's definitely listening uh, to our podcast, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's listening to some obscure podcast, but... He uh, he's got an amazing voice like anyone who grew up watching Dateline NBC, which was a television show about um, criminal cases. Uh, he was usually the narrator and he's got an amazing voice and I could literally listen to that man talk for hours. And so we did. Um, so NBC has a whole series of uh, true crime podcasts. We we specifically sought out the ones that were narrated by Keith Morrison because okay. we knew it was just going to be like super. He knows how to get people on the edge of their seat. He he just like tells a story has a great voice, not really lulls you to sleep, but he's just so, he sounds so mysterious. And it's it was lots of fun to listen to. And so we kind of made this tradition of when whenever we had to make the the commute between Utah and Arizona, we would we would listen to one or two true crime like podcast series. The difference between, and it, I guess we'll get into this because the one I uh, recommended to Josh was uh, Crime Junkie. That's a but good one. It, that's a, a good great one, too. One. Love yeah, I Crime like that Junkie. One. Uh, the Dateline NBC ones are more like they push out an entire podcast with like seven or eight episodes as one story. True Crime or Crime Junkie is much shorter where it's one episode per case. Mm, and so yeah. they've been doing it for years now and they've racked mm -hmm. up a lot of episodes. Um but each, I think each Dateline's like 30 still going. to 45, yeah. they are, yeah. I mean, criminals keep criminaling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad that you guys wanted to do this uh, topic, though, because I have been trying to get Josh to listen to true crime basically since we started dating. I've been into it for a very long time. When I was younger, this is going to make me sound like a nerd. Maybe I am. But I was the type of kid that would like to read the newspaper. <laughs> And my parents, my parents had a newspaper subscription and me, the eight year old kid was the only person that like regularly read it. And I would go out and I'd get it in the morning and I'd just like read the crime and then also look at the baseball stats. And um, I remember like the first big case that I really remember was the Susan Powell case. I grew up about 20 minutes from the home that she was murdered in. And I just remember everything unfolding about it. I can still remember her picture um, on the front page of the newspaper the day she went missing. I remember all this, like, suspicion, all the searches, and then, of course, the tragic ending. I still remember, like, seeing that, the house that he blew up his boys in, like, on the front page of the newspaper. Um, and that was kind of the first thing that I really paid attention to but I didn't really do much more than just kind of like read the paper or like the newspaper articles. And then, you know, we moved to New York. And then when I came back, 
I found out that they had turned that case into a podcast. It's called Cold, and it's amazing. He does such a great job with it, and he just dives deep into everything, into Josh Powell's dad, who's also, like, super messed up, and then um, just kind of what, you know, the searches for Susan, stuff about her life, how she'd been documenting things because she knew that something was going to happen to her leading up to it, and then the very end, what kind of led Josh to make that decision to take his life as well as his boys. Um, and Josh Powell. Josh Powell, yes. Not Josh. Josh <laughs> Not thanks for participating, Not Josh, Josh. Yes. And so um, I uh, listened to that, and that was, like, incredible. And so then I started getting into it. And then Bailey Sarian's Murder, Mystery, and Makeup kind of popped up. Um, I don't know how I found her, but I just started listening to her a lot. Um or, like, watching her YouTube videos, which are also, like, super fun. I think the way, like, she storytells um, is so funny. Like, she she's always, like, talking to you like she's just dis- dishing some hot gossip. Yeah. But she's also, like, very <laughs> respectful to the victims. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she's not afraid to, like, make fun of, like, the murderers and call them, like, idiots and stuff. And so she was really <sighs> fun. and Serial killer baseball cards. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> And yeah. What did that come from? Just went from there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Just kind of went from there for me. So, so I'm like, I'm way, I'm really similar to you, CJ. Just, I have very low terror, horror, fear tolerance, except for, funny enough, just like going through like haunted walkthrough attractions. I love it because for me, like, I feel very safe knowing that they are actors, that this is their like, minimum wage job and that like they're going to be jump scares (laughs) but like i love walking in and seeing like how much production has gone into it the costumes the special effects everything but like also crime for me is like up there with like the scariest thing because like you watch a horror movie you can go to sleep knowing okay it's over there's not going to be vampires and and werewolves and stuff but like Crime happens because real people are scary and real people do really dumb, horrible things. And so for me, it's just like true crime is like probably the scariest thing for me to listen to. And so I remember when Sydney was first listening to this cold case. I think I got into that. It was not the cold case, but the cold podcast about the Susan Powell case. I think I got into that like right as we started dating, really. Yeah. And we were driving to school one morning and you were telling me about one of the new episodes or just one of the ones that you were listening to. And it was details specifically about the day where the social worker was going to the house to check up on the on Josh Powell and the boys and he wasn't letting them in and she was trying to call the cops and the cops weren't coming. And and then you started going into more and more details. And I was just so because I'm, you know, I grew up in, you know, a very tricky household situation. So I'm very sensitive to violence and and so when you started bringing up the details that he like took a hatchet to like his little children's heads before he blew up the house, like I snapped at you because I was like literally about to like vomit as I was driving. I just, I don't like that at all. I was so uncomfortable. It's, I think it's like very sickening and it's right. something like I process things by talking them through. And so like listening, because you know, it's one thing to like listen to a case, but like I think cold really goes into like the details And they are not great. I mean, it was like long history of domestic violence. And I mean, Josh Powell is just a creep. And um, and so, you know, just trying to process like how disgusting he was and how like awful the case was, was 
you know, talking it through is like one way that I do that. But that's not how Josh processes things. So you you can just call me an empath, okay? Like I. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just just made me so nauseous. Just like even hearing you retell a podcast, retelling this like real life case, it just. I mean, it is horrific. Like yeah. it is sickening. So and so, I'm just I'm very hesitant to jump into true crime just because mm. the real world is like really scary to me and also like i don't want to like i don't i don't like engaging with media like i want to engage with media to escape the real world i don't want to engage with media to be reminded of how terrible the world is mm. so i like mm-hmm. my entire life i never knew anything about current events about politics about because i like one it's boring and i'm uninterested but like also i just i i've i've always been into fiction and escaping and you know entertaining myself in this alternate reality kind of way. And so when I first got into podcasts, it was when I was working at UPS doing the overnight loading for their delivery trucks. And I I think I wanted to listen, like I didn't want to listen to music. Uh, For our listeners that have listened, they know how like hard it is for me to listen to music just because of ADHD kinds of things. Um, But I wanted to listen to something that was engaging like on a continual basis because like music for like three minutes, three minutes, four minutes, it's very like hard for my mind to like continually like transition that way. But if it was like one stream of like, for example, like audiobooks, um, but I didn't, I didn't have any money to like buy audiobooks or like get Audible or anything. So I like remember like just searching. I wonder if there's any audiobooks just like on Spotify. So I typed in like Harry Potter in Spotify and there was a bunch of Harry Potter podcasts that came up and like the big one number go. one was Potterless by Mike Schubert and I had no idea like I don't even think at that time I knew what a podcast was but I like before I went to work I was like I don't even know what this is but I'll like put it in my queue and then I listened to like the first couple episodes and I was like oh this is like really like fun and interesting and I like for like three months like binged like that's all I listened to and then after that I started listening to other podcasts that were all like of a similar nature of like someone who st- started a podcast just for fun and then it like gained a really big audience and so those are the kinds of things i like especially like when friends just make a podcast together and it's very lighthearted, just conversational about nothing really serious and so i just i've always been like hesitant to jump into even like any non-fiction podcasts like self-help podcasts finance podcasts i'm just i one like i have adhd so it's like i can't like focus on like things like that I listen to podcasts to just kind of mindlessly uh, get through the mundane of my life anyway. I don't want to listen to something more mundane. (laughs) Well, you come to an interesting point, which is that like the the aspect of true crime as a genre that gets people in so many different ways, whether it be like it gets them really interested or like they're really scared by it is that it is so real um Mm -hmm. you're talking you're not even reporting on it you're you're not doing it based on a true story story this is facts and a timeline of events that actually happened to real people that exist or existed like the it's all fact it's all like right there for you it's all there black and white clear as crystal you lose Good day, sir. And you you brought up that like it's it's kind of a reminder that reality is scary. Um, but before we did this episode, I actually did kind of a, a research dive on like true crime as a genre. And, oh, nice. Um, 
Which is super fun. And by research, I mean Wikipedia, just putting it out there. Um, I stand Wikipedia. I I do not appreciate uh, middle school teachers saying that Wikipedia was not good research. I think all good research starts with Wikipedia. It's true. It's It's perfectly fine if you want to know a little bit more about something than just Googling it. As long as you're um, not writing an essay for school, like researching using Wikipedia is fine. And then it's just like, it's if you're going to cite your sources, don't cite Wikipedia, cite the sources that Wikipedia cites, like end of story. <laughs> there now you go. know how to write a research paper. <laughs> That's the middle school pro tip right there. But it turns out that um, one, true crime is kind of seen as like trash media to the to the wider world, kind of on the same intellectual uh, level as like tabloid magazines. Um, huh. Just because, Yeah. That kind of surprised me because I thought it was, you know, very research fact based, like something that yeah, people would police reports or yeah, going into it. Um, but no, it's seen as like garbage media, which made me a little sad because that like hurt my true crime podcast loving heart. I've kind of gained a little bit of that sense. Have you guys seen Only Murders in the Building? Yes, yeah. that's yes, that's how that's, like they've kind of because that shows very meta about podcasting but like specifically true crime podcasting and we just like have been binging that this week but like in the even in the it's first episode show. you get a like they kind of portray the general public's outside reaction to podcasting or true crime podcast mm -hmm. people who listen to them people who make them i have come across that too like on tiktok and reddit like i think one of the biggest problems is that a lot of the time true crime can be unethical yes. because of you know, the way you're kind of exploiting someone's trauma and there's a lot of the people and, you know, this made me sad because I love crime junkies, but like they have been accused of plagiarism where they just like almost verbatim read sources and like pass it off as their own words, which, you know, kind of made me sad because I do really like that podcast too. And also I know there was a TikTok account going around a while ago of the sister of a murder victim that Hulu made a documentary about that was trying to get people to boycott the documentary because they didn't even talk to the family at all and they were kind of portraying it as like sympathetic to the victim or to the to the murderer um the perpetrator the perpetrator yeah, yeah. Yes. and so you know that's what gives it kind of a bad rap is right. that that sort of reporting can sometimes like sometimes like tear old wounds for people like people who have moved on from these really traumatic events in their life, like uh, husbands, wives, siblings, uh, friends, like suffering these gruesome fates. And you think that they'd have moved on from that. But now with this resurgence of true crime as a genre, uh, there's a lot of these podcasters and filmmakers coming back to them like, hey, we want to, you know, make your story again. And there's there's two sides to the coin. One, if it's something uh, like an unsolved case, a, a podcast or a movie might help bring it back to the light. And, you know, maybe it's been a while since that case has been looked at and there might be some fresh eyes on it, some people that have more information that was never available before. But they have been accused of, like, like making people re-experience really horrible events in their life that they've already tried to process and move on from which i think in more recent years crime junkies been better at that where they like yes. get permissions 
they get permission from the families to tell the story. Um, sometimes the family uh, even agrees to to interview be interviewed. Um, and I think one of the more recent episodes that I was listening to, that was exactly the case where the mother actually was contacted by by their researcher. And she said, yes, absolutely. I will tell you everything. Like, I will uh, do an interview for you. I'll record, like, my point of view because I hope that your podcast gets this case out in the open again. I think one of the other things that Crime Junkie specifically has been really good at, which, you know, makes me like them a lot, is that they are really good at amplifying BIPOC women who are victims, their stories, because a lot of the times, yes. like, especially they've done like several episodes on um, Native American women that have like gone missing or been murdered because, I mean, statistically those cases just don't get investigated as much as people who are white and you know we see like with gabby petito and like those kinds of cases like those get plastered all over the front page of the news but every day there are bipoc women who are having the same horrible things happen to them and we never hear about it and crime junkies does interview like a lot of the moms they tell a lot of those kinds of stories which i think is really great right on you bring up Only Murders in the Building, which is a fantastic show. <laughs> uh. Like, we we have loved watching that because, one, the, the kind of, like, meta aspect of it where you're watching a podcast happen on a TV show. In um, the same time that we are. Yeah. It's, it's been really fun. And I think, I think it's kind of a shining example of a parody of that actually turns out to be a really great example of its source genre. Like, um, Laurel loves the show Jane the Virgin. Um, it's a really funny kind of spin on a telenovela, and it very much parodies telenovelas, but it also turned out to be a great one in its own right um, because of how much it kind of pokes fun at its own genre. And Only Murders in the Building is doing that exact same thing, where they're talking about podcasts and true crime while also suddenly being a great true crime story in and of itself even though it's not true crime it's fictionalized true crime <laughs> it's super duper meta that we're talking about true crime podcasts being made into tv shows on a podcast Right. Don't know why that wasn't brought up earlier, but we're talking about podcasts on a podcast. And and just the fact that we've recognized that brings that extra level of metacognizance. <laughs> Guys, we better get a movie deal. Yeah. <laughs> so, Josh, I, I want Mark Ruffalo to play me. <laughs> I want Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk to play me. <laughs> so, Josh, I know that you did listen to a true crime podcast. Tell yeah, us about so your thoughts. The past couple weeks, I've queued up several, like you suggested one called Morbid. I did check out Crime Junkies. Did you check out Dirty John? Have you guys listened to Dirty John? I haven't heard of that no. one, no. Okay, that one is one of my favorites, especially like, so I think this goes back to kind of what you were saying about how some of the family likes to tell the story. And I'm not sure if they necessarily liked it, but they felt the need to tell the story because it is a story of domestic violence and manipulation. And I think that's where a lot of true crime starts is with domestic violence. And so, um, you know, I think they wanted to put it out there as a cautionary tale, but the ending is just like chef's kiss. Like it is <laughs> the way that the story turns out 
it turns out in the best possible way. And like, if you listen to it, you'll know what I'm talking about, but you guys should add that to your next listening because... Our next road trip. Yeah, your next road trip because (laughs) they do a really nice job. I mean, it ends with the right person dying, so (laughs) I'll just say that. (laughs) Yeah, so I just know. I just pulled up like my cue. Some of these I just I never even got around to getting to, but one podcast called All Killa No Filla. Never heard of that one. Um, one that I've I've heard a lot about this on other podcasts. It's called And That's Why We Drink. I think that's a really big <laughs> popular one. I've heard of it, but I've never listened to it. But to be honest, like it was really hard to get through these uh, episodes. <laughs> I only got through fully one in the past several weeks. Um, part part of the reason is just because ever since leaving that job at UPS, it's just been, I just haven't had as much time to listen to podcasts in mm-hmm. general. Like at that time, I was discovering new podcasts like on the weekly. And so I'd have this huge backlog of episodes and I'd be working all night long and I would just listen to eight hours of podcasts a day. And, and then, but now, now I have like an office job and it's, it's not as easy to listen to something that you need to comprehend and then do work that you need to think about. When you're just taking boxes from a uh, conveyor belt to a truck, I, it's mindless. I can, my, my entire focus is on what I'm listening to, but like trying to, you know, actively solve problems at work. Like, oh, I find myself like pausing, restarting, pausing, restarting. And so like the podcast that I do listen to at work is just kind of that very casual conversational, uh, like we've talked about bacon and eggs podcast, like Tyler Carlin and Ethan Edgehill, like their style of podcasting is very comfortable for me to listen to because it's just very friendly, casual, like most of the time, not even about the movie that they're like trying to cover. <laughs> it's like listening into ambient conversation at a Starbucks, right? Like, Mm, it's just there and kind of background noise. No offense to Bacon and Eggs podcast. (laughs) It's like, it's not even like a big deal if you miss out on two or three minutes of the conversation, because honestly, you didn't miss much. So, but like, that's not the same (laughs) thing about like true crime, because you're just going to like miss these like crucial details and you're not going to understand like what's happening. Right. And so the one that I, I did get all the way through was because I started it in the morning as I was like trimming my beard. I like kept listening to it on the drive to work, more on the drive home, and then more as I was like cooking dinner that night. Um, and it was a morbid episode about this man who was murdered. His name was Leif or Lath von Stein, and he was it was from like That's the '80s. I know somebody named Lath. And it was just this. It was crazy. <laughs> just like I can't believe it. I'm trying to. So like, what happened was this Leif von Stein. He was the second marriage for a woman that already had kids, but they were young. And so he was the stepdad and like gave his all trying to raise these children. But the but one of the stepchildren, just just a total waste of a person. Like they tried to pay <sighs> to send him off to college and he just was uninterested in, in that and, and used Honestly, all of the allowance money. Kind of like just a sociopath, like didn't care about like other people. Did and, you listen to this episode? Yeah, I did. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, and so he would use all of the allowance money and would say that it was going towards rent and school, but it was all on drugs and prostitutes. And at this time, Leif von Stein, his family had, when they first came to America, started 
I think, dry cleaning businesses. And it became like one of the largest dry cleaning operations in the area. And so his family was very well off. And so when his parents died, he was going to inherit, you know, a large amount of money. And so his stepchildren became aware that he was suddenly going to inherit money. And so they thought, well, or just not his, both of his stepchildren, just the one stepson thought, well, why don't we just off him, take the inheritance for ourselves? Because they knew that he had a large life insurance policy. And then we can use all of that money to fund our weed and our life in the red light district. <laughs> yes, their lavish lifestyle. Right. And they, but, uh, and so he would talk to his friends and his friends were just like, yeah, like, let's, let's kill your family. It was crazy <laughs> that they were talking and this, this guy was saying like, okay, here's, here's what we'll do. We'll go kill the stepdad and my actual mom. And if my sister's there at the house, we'll kill her too. But if she's not there, then it's fine. Oh my goodness. Like complete sociopath. <laughs> and he, he was telling his friends like, oh, with the money that we get, I'll buy you a car. I'll like pay for you and your girlfriend to go on vacation. And so like his friends were like, okay, so we're going to get like a wow. big cut of this. And they were originally going to like burn the house down, but that didn't work out. And so ultimately what they decided to do was fake a burglary. And so one of the friends broke into the house with like a baseball bat and a hunting knife and just went into the bedroom and attacked the parents and killed the stepdad after like the stepdad put up a fight. And the mom woke up to this intruder and attack and she tried to call. And so he came around to the other side of the bed and attacked the mom and she was unconscious and then he left. And so when they were doing this uh, investigation... They tried to f make it look like a burglary, but they didn't take anything from the house. So it's like this home invasion burglary setup where things are knocked over, but nothing is missing. That happens in so many cases where they like try to stage it as a burglary and then they forget to actually burglarize and then they don't the home. Actually tell yeah. <laughs> but then what like what I hated was that this entire thing was all planned, developed. The whole motive was the stepson wanted the stepdad's money and he planned it out. He enlisted the help of his friends. He told them what to do. He was like the Osama bin Laden behind the whole operation. But then like with the investigation, the prosecution entered into a deal with the stepson saying, because the stepson was like in the other state, like at college when it was all happening. And he kind of like manipulated his friends and said like, you go do it because then when you get caught, I can say, oh, I didn't expect them to actually do it. We just talked about, I hate my stepdad so much I want him dead, but I was never serious. So he was like, you know, double playing his friends. But then like the prosecution entered into a deal saying, if you tell us what happened, we'll let you off with a lesser charge and we'll get your friend who actually did stab and attack and kill your stepdad. What? So did they get the daughter? No, the daughter what slept through the her? whole thing. Oh, good. I think, yeah, that happens way too often where justice isn't served, whether it's... Like that, where they don't get as, like, or they pin it on someone else, or they just don't get as big of a penalty, or they don't get penalty at all. That's like the, it's like the opposite of the one you recommended earlier, where there's, you know, it's all tied up in a neat little bow, like the... Oh, Dirty John? You know, justice is served. Yeah, Dirty John. Yeah. Um, but in a lot of the podcasts we listen to uh, more recently, the crime junkie ones, they're all unsolved cases. And so you don't get that. That's the like emotional pull at the end of each episode is you don't actually get, you know, all the loose ends tied up. You don't get justice served. It's still like, you know, an unsolved case. They're still out there. And I don't know, like, I honestly don't know which type of ending I like better. 
<laughs> my least favorite ending, and I've only heard it a couple of times. One of them was, I'm pretty sure it was Crime Junkies, about a Native American girl um, that was murdered. And this is my least favorite ending that I've ever heard, but it was unsolved. Nothing happened. There was no media about it because, like, they go missing all the time. Like, nobody does anything. And so life goes on. Sometimes they have living children or, like, spouses or, like, other family members that are living and grieving, and a lifetime goes by, and then they finally catch who did it, or the killer turns themselves in. But they got to live their whole life first, like with no consequences. And then they got to go in whenever they wanted to. That's just my least favorite that I've ever heard. I think I struggle because I like that. Like, I have to know who it is. Like, I, I can't, like, I know there are some that are like technically unsolved, but it's pretty clear who did it. They just don't have enough to pin it on that person or whatever. But I like having at least like some sort like of resolution. Carol <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But oh, like man. some sort of resolution where at least like you know who it is or you know who probably did it. But I do recognize that those unsolved ones are probably the most important ones to tell. And because they're the ones that need to get out there, they need the pressure from people on the police force to even investigate it for like some of them. And that those ones are the most important ones to listen to. But I have such a hard time doing it because I don't like just especially the ones where it's like we literally have no suspects even like we just don't know. You know, like I think the freeway phantom in Washington DC is like oh, a big yeah. one. That episode got me. Where they they just they don't even have a decent suspect. Like they just have no one and and it's hard because you want that resolution, but justice for those girls are is so important. Um that those are probably the most important episodes to listen to. Bringing it back around people like people who are who have a very low fear fear tolerance like this, and also just the casual listener of true crime podcasts, those sorts of people are more likely to self-report uh, the fear that they are going to be the victim of a violent crime. People who go without that, without consuming that genre of media, whether it be podcast or like TV show, generally don't have that fear. If they watch that, I mean, if you watch the news, like scary stuff happens, right. but like, people who listen to true crime podcasts like the good majority of them like talk about how scared they are that like they're gonna be the ones in a back alley to like get mugged and then murdered and like you know yeah Yeah, that's exactly how they write selena gomez's character in the first season of only murders in the building is she's like always can't sleep at night because she can't help imagining what's going to happen if there's a home invasion something happens to her i think Yeah, every once in a while, it's healthy Mm -hmm. to step back and take a break from consuming true crime media because, yeah, I like sleeping at night. Back to whenever I was living with my sister and we would watch like these ghost stories, true crime videos. We obviously couldn't sleep after (laughs) living in a sketchy place. Our apartment building actually had like an armed kidnapping. Oh my goodness. Wow. Um, I thought you were going to say an armed security guard like <laughs> no. posted at the doors. No, there was somebody like kidnapping at gunpoint or daylight. whatever. Yeah, they kidnapped somebody at gunpoint um, and forced them to go to different ATMs and max out their cash. And that was in the building next to ours. And we lived on the bottom floor, four girls. So that's obviously very scary. 
And so we would be watching all this stuff and then we could never sleep. And so each one of us had our own baseball bat, obviously, (laughs) but we would also watch an episode of Bob's Burgers (laughs) after (laughs) just to like let ourselves breathe and it's mind bleach. (laughs) Yeah. That's I, I'm the same way. Like if I ever read a scary story or see something freaky or I'm like doom scrolling on Reddit and feel really horrible about the state of the world, I'm just like, I need to go like watch Phineas watch and a, Ferb or watch a video of like dogs. A <laughs> yeah, nice sunset think, like, over the ocean. Rub Purell on my brain. <laughs> you know, 90% of the time it's someone that the victim knew or like it's like a circumstance like you know it's their partner or their kid or they were a sex worker and it was someone that they had like picked up or whatever and I've just like never been in a situation where I've like felt threatened by that but then you have like these serial killers like the Night Stalker and like John Wayne Gacy and Ted Bundy that just like targeted random people and those are like the scariest ones but also they're the most fascinating because their psyches are just so messed up. That like the only their like only motivation for killing was like not anything they were going to get from it just because it was like a hobby that they would like they right. liked killing just to get away with it oh yeah. man i think that's what keeps people coming back to the genre is um the f- one the fascination with unsolved mysteries uh two like yeah i feel like every person just kind of has this like innate kind of like curiosity about the macabre right. it's just something that humans you know are curious about, but also, um, like you mentioned, these people's psychological profiles are just so fascinating to like hear about. And Ted Bundy is like a super famous one, but uh, if you go watch like the Ted Bundy tapes on, is it Netflix or something? They like diving into him as a person. He was around the neighborhood that I grew up in, and he actually, um, one of his victims, he kidnapped from one of the high schools in the town that I grew up in, like from the parking lot. Oh, that's terrifying. And you know what the scariest thing is? Is that high school's parking lot is still pitch black to this day. They did not right. put more lights no, in. No, they didn't. And I would come out of events from that high school and it's still just pitch black and it's like a serial killer literally kidnapped a girl from this parking lot and you couldn't throw in another light or something. Or a camera. Scary story. Before we moved down to Arizona, we were living in Utah. I was working in like the fast food industry. And we never have a single person working like a closing shift. There always has to be two or more people, obviously. Right. And I remember like we were getting ready for bed and I get like a text message or a phone call from one of my employees saying like, hey, just want you to know someone followed us out of the parking lot tonight. Oh my gosh. And so I'm calling everyone, like calling the two girls, making sure they're okay. I'm calling like our security to look through the video cameras and like see if we can find a license plate or something. And thankfully, like nothing happened to them, but we never learned who it was. Like we never got any videotape of them. And now I had people quit because they were scared to work there. And then they still never added more lights in the back park parking lot. That's so crazy. They did throw in a security camera, though. Yeah, they did give us an extra camera for the back door. Yeah, I worked at... I worked at a place right after I graduated from high school and they had a regular who was known as Creepy Carl and he would come in and 
follow Ooh. the girls around and he actually like groped one of my coworkers like while we were there and they still would let him come which was crazy to me and there was one night where he had just come in right before closing and I got off right at closing most people got off an hour after closing after they like cleaned up and stuff but I was like one of maybe two people I think that got off right at closing and the other person left a little bit before and that guy had been in at another part of the store and they kind of had to kick him out to like lock the doors and close up and I just felt like I need to ask someone to walk me out tonight so I did I asked my coworker, and he was super nice about it he's like oh yeah no worries like I'll walk you out and so I went out in the parking lot and there was creepy Carl he was still there sitting with in his car next to like all the employee cars like parked way out in the back of the parking lot there's no reason why he would need to be parked out there besides stalking people and as soon as he saw me come out with my coworker, he turned his car on and like drove away yikes restraining order <laughs> yeah <laughs> i hope that my hope in introducing you to this and getting it on a podcast episode is that we can allow people to make an informed decision on whether or not they would like to consume this genre of media yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's certainly not for everybody no it's not one of the challenging things about this genre is that like to an extent you have and you can make an informed decision about whether or not you want to consume it but you don't necessarily have you can't necessarily make an informed decision about how it will affect your life depending on a partner that you may or may not have or someone you may <laughs> or may not live with that listens to it. Like I will come out of the bathroom in the morning and she'll be listening to that. Like as she's doing her hair and makeup, she'll be listening to the that makeup murder lady on YouTube. Bailey Sarah. And I'll just like come out of the shower out of nowhere and all of a sudden you're like, his eyeball was popped out and like blood was everywhere. <laughs> And he raped her and chopped off her legs and then stuck her legs in the freezer and then ate her liver for lunch. And I'm just like, <laughs> it's like nine o'clock in the morning, Sid. Like, I did. <laughs> I will listen. How am I supposed to go out my whole day after just hearing this out of context? I will listen to true crime yeah, as I fall asleep does. at night. Like, just turn it on and oh, man. put like a sleep timer on Spotify or something. And Yeah. And so, like, <laughs> I... I don't actively like listen to any true crime podcasts, but like I still just hear like bits and pieces and every once in a while it's like the most like violent parts and it just like <laughs> puts me in like this crazy headspace and I'm just like, how do I just, how do I function normally in a place like this? But Sid's just like, yeah, this is just like what I, this is how I eat my breakfast. Like, this <laughs> is how I function normally. If it's not absolutely clear, there there is a massive content slash trigger warning on this episode. <laughs> For people who don't like scary stuff. I feel like as a woman, though, it's just like something that like I am more conscious of because, I mean, you yes. look, mm. just scroll through like Morbid or Crime Junkies or any of those things. It is disproportionately the women, women that are victims and something that we have to worry about a lot more. Oh, so yeah. I guess... This Maybe I have more of a vested interest in it than Josh does. Yeah, I don't care at all about women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I almost got attacked Just, at kidding. our lo or I almost got attacked at our local grocery store too. And I don't I don't even know if that I told you we, about that, that until like a couple weeks ago. Like two nights ago. But, yeah, we just at, a few days we ago. We were at the grocery store. And it was like Later at night, like we just went to grab a couple of things that we had forgotten. And so I was making my way to like the juice section and CJ was getting English muffins. So I had the buggy. Translation for people who are not from the South, buggy means cart. <laughs> and translation for people in Boston, buggy means carriage, what? right? Don't they call it a carriage in 
New England. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I had the buggy with some stuff in there. CJ was just walking around and there was this guy that just came up behind me, like very close, like almost touching me and then reached up to the shelf. And I was like, oh, no big deal. Like I'll just move out of the way. But he kept scooting over. So he was like right behind my shoulder. And I was like, oh my goodness. So I just keep going forward. And then CJ comes and then I'm like, okay, let's go get this thing. Like what else is on the list? Let's go here. And then more than five minutes later, we go onto a different aisle and we're looking at something and he comes up and stands right next to us, like right next to me, touching part of my body. And he's like, oh, move, bench, get out the way. Like the song and like singing it. And so we move. I'm like, wow, that's first off rude. Second off, creepy. And then we're in the store like five, Mm -hmm. 10 more minutes. And then we get in the checkout line and he gets in the checkout line right behind us. And we have like a buggy full of groceries and he has like three things. And so we had been there the same amount of time. Yeah, we had been there the same amount of time. And so we're leaving and I'm trying to get him to like move faster because we have to get everything in the car and then we have to put the buggy away and then get back in the car and I knew he was right behind us. So we go and put everything in the car and then usually I would just sit in the car and he would put the buggy away. But then I start to go with him and he's like, you don't have to come with me. I was like, no, let's let's go put it away. Yeah, let's stay together. <laughs> yeah, let's stay together. And then put it away. We get our quarterback And then we get in the car and I lock the doors immediately. And that man is just like aimlessly walking in the parking lot, like not going to a vehicle. And I was telling CJ, like, do you see that man? Like, did you see him? Like the one that came up and like said something to us? I was like, he did that twice to me and left at the same exact time as us with like two items. If you hadn't come up to me... Like, if, if he knew, like, if he thought I was alone, like, who knows what would have happened if CJ wasn't there with me that day. Right. Ah, freaky. Yeah, I had a guy, like, I was at the, the parking lot and, like, the grocery store is, like, you know, in the middle of the parking lot, right? And I was walking to one side, to one row on the side, and the guy was coming from another row on the other side and instead of like walking towards the door he just started walking straight across the parking lot towards me and it was probably like 10 30 at night Ooh. and it you know dark outside there's no one else there really and i saw him and i locked eyes with him and i just like ran for my car and just like opened it and like closed the door and then i think once he realized like that i was gonna get in my car and just like drive away and there wasn't really anything he can do that's when he like turned and like completely changed trajectories and like walked walked towards the store and just sat out front but oh my goodness yeah he was he was coming for me it was kind of scary so i think our podcast is like morphing into like let's talk about true crime podcasts to let's (laughs) let's talk about our anecdotes of uh close and (laughs) close encounters of the true crime yeah at times we almost became a podcast fodder (laughs) i mean the sad thing is though you talk to every woman and they have stories exactly like ours oh yeah multiple yeah i think it's a little bit harder whenever like you guys are having us as guests on your show but anytime we would ever hang out we would just sit here for hours and talk about stories (laughs) It's a consistent theme. Yeah. With, with us talking to each other. Well, we're at like almost two hours of recording. Some of Ooh. that's some of that's when we got disconnected. Some of that's before we even, you know, started the actual episode. This might be one of our longest episodes still though that we've ever right. released. So <laughs> proud to be a part of that. Before we close out, um, any true crime podcast recommendations? 
for us. And the listeners. And the listeners. Definitely Crime Junkie. It's a great one. As you said earlier, they really love to highlight underrepresented communities, minorities, mm-hmm. those sorts of cases that don't get as much airtime. So I love that aspect of it. I'm pretty sure that BuzzFeed Unsolved does put some of their true crime into podcasts. Like instead of watching the video, I'm pretty sure that they have podcasts as well. And um, one of the other ones that Josh likes where it's like telling you something but then it's also part of a conversation between two friends and you get to see their dynamic and the way that they interact with each other and with different stories. And sometimes they don't even talk about the subject matter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they don't. Um, Definitely, oh, just for like quality storytelling, obviously Dateline NBC, any any Mm -hmm. podcast that they've put out recently is just like top tier, top tier content. Mm Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that we got started on. And so I kind of have a nostalgia, nostalgic mm-hmm. feeling for yeah. them. I was just thinking like at the beginning of the episode when you're saying that you guys have like polar opposite music tastes. Uh, Sid and I have like, you know, really similar music tastes. But it's that Sydney knows way more music than I do. And it's just really hard for me to listen to music <laughs> that I don't know. And so it really limits Sydney's ability to listen to music when we're together. And, but we do go on a lot of road trips. And so I've been telling her for so long, we just need to find podcasts that we both like that we can listen to because we have polar opposite podcast listening preferences and i've recommended so many to her and she's tried them out and she just like doesn't really get into them and i've like can't really get into any of the true crime stuff she listens to and so we're still like digging trying to find something that we can both just like (laughs) actively like listen to for those like road trips yeah i think podcasts are like where we're polar opposite on yeah okay i just had a friend ask me a couple of days ago she also really really loves true crime and so she asked me for my recommendations and you know I think I've talked about a lot of them Dirty John obviously that's like kind of a series that just talks about like one case it's really fascinating Cold that talks about Susan Powell it also talks about Joyce Yost who is not as well known but her case is fascinating and important and then I talked about Morbid it's like Crime Junkies where it's a different case every week but it's kind of like BuzzFeed Unsolved where it's like two friends they happen to be aunt and niece slash sisters that like talk to each other and I feel like they have like a really good report and then one thing that I didn't talk about is the Murdoch murders which I don't know if you guys have heard of that one at all it's still unfolding it's about a family in South Carolina that has kind of just dominated the it's kind of like ruled the county they were the DAs for hundred years. And so they just got away with literal murder, but also lots of theft, insurance fraud. I mean, it has everything and they're still uncovering everything that's gone on, especially with Alec, who is the, the most recent generation. He is sitting in jail right now for a lot of things, including the murder of his wife and son. Um, but they're like the South Carolina mafia. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, that's what they are. But they're, I mean, every week they just dig up something new about them. And also the guy's like an idiot. And so like, it's kind of fun to, and he does not have the best, like he has like the highest priced lawyers, but they've never actually had to do like trial work and like actual lawyer work before because they've had a judge in their pocket and they've just been able to like have everything go their way. But now that there's like actually a light 
being shined on them. They're not getting away with as much stuff. And it is crazy. Like would 100% recommend. I mean, it's like, it's like probably 60 or 70 episodes long and it's still just like going because they're just (sighs) finding out stuff about this family. This family has done a lot of bad stuff. So it's crazy. It sounds good. It's yeah, it's really good. Like if you are like looking for something that's like still happening, you know, this is the podcast for you. Well, CJ, Laurel, we don't want to monopolize the rest <laughs> of your night. So um, Thank you guys so, so much for coming on the podcast. It's been so fun to have you guys. We miss having you guys up here. Agreed. <laughs> yes, thank you. This has been fun. We should do this we again. We should. Yeah, and we definitely need an excuse to come down. I mean, not that we would need an excuse to travel to see you guys. That would be reason enough, <laughs> but we should definitely make the excuse to go down to Arizona sometime soon. We need soon. to have, find like a good concert in Phoenix or something. There you go. Yeah. And we can have a hot yeah. yeah. Oh, yes, please. Is there anything at all that you want to plug for yourselves while you're here on the podcast? Oh, man. Well, I mean, I finally got back on Instagram and Twitter in more of a business capacity, but still should be some, you know, quality content coming out of both of those. (laughs) Especially when you start live tweeting the premieres of these (laughs) pot. Once I start live tweeting your episode premieres. Exactly. Yeah. That's sure. that's going to get us on trending. But yeah, you can find me at uh, underscore CJ underscore Schmidt with a D on both Twitter and Instagram. Link it down below. <laughs> Remember to like and subscribe. And again, this episode is sponsored by Diet Dr. Pepper. <laughs> if you need a domain, go to Squarespace. <laughs> <laughs> Better help offers therapy. We should stop doing We are advertising for them for free. We didn't even get an ad deal. <laughs> We're not even getting paid. I mean, paid you for even this. talked about Audible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember back when everyone on YouTube was sponsored by Audible. This has been great. I've been yeah, CJ. Yeah, this is. <laughs> okay, we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> All right, everybody. This has been another episode of Thanks for Participating. I've been Josh, and she's been Sydney. And once again, thanks for listening. If you have enjoyed what you've heard so far, I'd love to ask your support. Please go check out our Tee Public merch store. The link will be in the show notes. I'll also post the link on Instagram. Just go check out. I've uploaded some more designs. Some of them are inside jokes from the podcast. Some of them are our podcast logo. So if you like the show and you'd like to support it, um, please go check that out. Consider ordering a shirt or a hoodie or a mug because we want to continue making these podcasts for free for as long as we can. But it does take time. And so if you'd like to support us and help us out in that way, because we are poor college students uh, just trying to get by and afford groceries, that would be great. And I'll continue trying to come up with new, creative, fun, nice looking designs to put those up there as well. Uh, That being said, thanks again for listening, you guys. Uh, We love all of our listeners and we're so grateful for you guys and thanks for participating and thanks for not making us the subjects of a true crime podcast 